Blog Talk Radio. for the news junkies, and this is Marcy Ann. <clears throat> and today I want to talk about Mrs. Duggar. Uh, Anna, she says she's to blame for her husband's um, sexual addictions. Gosh, we've got to look at this. I have to ask some questions here. Was she the one who signed up for the account with uh, Ashley Madison? Um was she the one who contacted uh, that woman and um, had relations with her if he did do that? I mean, I don't think so. How How is she the one who's responsible for this? And why is she taking the blame for her husband's actions? Wasn't he the one who signed up for the account? And wasn't he the one who did whatever it was he did with that girl? from Ashley Madison. Uh, how can a person not be responsible for what they do? And by the way, this story was in the entertainment section of an online news website. Entertainment? It seems to me that anything involving sex today is considered entertainment. I wouldn't think that this was very entertaining for Mrs. Duggar. But to try to defuse the situation by taking the blame for it, I just feel like this is going too far. It just reminds me of that old song. Put the blame on Mame, boys. Put the blame on Mame. Because in this song, both the Chicago Fire and the San Francisco Earthquake were blamed on Mame. <laughs> Reminds me of Martha Stewart going to jail back in, you know, to take the blame for all of those insider trading scandals. I mean, this business of the woman always taking the blame is mired deep in the Christian religion and actually goes all the way back to Eve. Because when God asked Adam why he ate of the tree, Adam said, Well, the woman you gave to me, gave it to me, and I did eat. You know, Josh Duggar is a grown man. He has a history of sexual perversions as a teenager. Why is everyone so surprised that he would show up on the Ashley Madison website? I mean, it's obvious he has some kind of a sexual appetite that is perhaps could more clearly be defined as an addiction. So is it that we can't blame him because he's a sick person or because he doesn't have control of himself or because he's an addict? I mean, what makes Mrs. Duggar feel like she has to shoulder the blame for this? It is reported that Mr. Duggar has gone into rehab for his addiction, but will this change him? 
You know, there was a show on the radio when I was growing up. It was called The Shadow. (laughs) And when it came on the air, they played this eerie UFO music while the announcer said, Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The Shadow Knows. Well, today, not only the shadow, but everyone else now knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men. Because it's in the heart of a man, and I mean men, man as the collective, where these types of thoughts are allowed to live. Thoughts about hot little girls, like that subway guy. He was always thinking about that. Or thoughts of having sex with a big-breasted woman perhaps would motivate a person to sign up with Ashley Madison. And Jesus said that it, that uh, that the man who even thinks the thought has already committed the act. Because it's just a fact that if you keep thinking about something, keep thinking about something, keep thinking about something, you are eventually going to do it. Just like that black guy who shot those two reporters in Virginia. Because this is how the human being works. So the key would be to just think about good things. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. Is there any virtue? Is there any praise? Think on these things. You know, I like the Jewish explanation of the Adam and Eve creation story because the Jewish faith believes that evil has no power of its own. Jewish people believe that everything that God made is good and very good. And this is actually what the Bible does say. And they believe that evil has no power of its own. We empower evil. And they only recognize it within the context of holiness. And they say in the presence of holiness, evil cannot stand. Just like darkness can't exist in the presence of light. So this kind of teaching would encourage a person to practice holiness in order to not have any evil in his or her life. And this understanding also jibes with the scientific knowledge of today that has been revealed through quantum physics that everything is energy, and energy is neutral, and the judgment of good or evil is in the eye of the beholder. So we are the one who decries whether something is good or evil as we observe. And all action is observed by someone. And that someone says whether the action is good or evil. And to some someones, the action could be good. And to another someone, the action would be evil. Now, today it seems that the national news and local news media is the someone who is observing everything. All of the actions 
in our country today and telling us what's good and evil. And if you watch the news, pretty much everything is really evil. And when the story broke that Josh Duggar had experimented sexually with his sisters while they were young teenagers, that just blew the lid off of the Duggar family's cushy little reality TV show. I never, ever watched that show, but I don't have to have watched it to know what this show was all about. Because I have a Pentecostal Christian background, and I was taught all of those teachings of the Christian faith, especially all those Pauline theologies of wives, submit yourself to your own husband, and wives, be silent in the churches, and suffer not a woman to teach, and be sure you wear your head covering. And those Pauline letters to those little struggling Christian churches at the at that time were full of the Eastern traditions that women even today in those regions of the Bible still practice. And those teachings are rooted in the idea that it was the woman's wiles, her powers concerning sex, that got the man in trouble in the first place so she's never to be trusted again. She is to be kept silent, do what she's told, because she's stupid and she's weak, and she's a sneaky deceiver who's in cahoots with the devil and will make trouble for the man. And women who buy into this type of teaching will say that they are to blame for their husband's indiscretions. Well, who is to blame for Josh Duggar's life? Who's going to take the rap for Josh? Who has to accept the responsibility for his actions? Who needs to stand to be corrected? Who needs to answer for these actions? Who is accountable? Who is the real culprit here? I mean, if we're going to look for people to blame, why not blame his parents Why in the world would they want to have 19 children in the first place? How can two people take the responsibility to account for 19 children? Did the boys and the girls share the same bathroom and sleep in the same rooms? How much togetherness was there among these children? Um. Now, when I was raising my children, uh, my son and my daughter slept in the same room until they were about 11 and 12. And a lot of times they slept together in the same bed. And my mother used to get on my back and say, Marcy Ann, you just can't continue to let those two kids sleep together. And I said, well, why not? And my mother would say, well, there are just natural things that will begin to happen as they get older. Well, you know, I just didn't buy into this, and I told my mother, you know what, they'll stop sleeping together when they want to. I'm not going to put a spin on this that isn't there as far as I know. And I remember the kids telling me later on, Mother, we never lied to you about anything, but we didn't always tell you everything either. But you know what, today they are very normal, independent, and self-sufficient mature adults who are contributors to solving problems. They don't make problems. 
they're the ones in their home and at their work that solve the problems. And some things just don't need to be told. Some things need to just be dealt with within the sacred walls of a home by parents without outside interference. But boy, today, everything is shouted from the housetop. (laughs) Now we have news media, which needs to entertain 24-7, not actually giving us news that is newsworthy, but telling us things that are designed to astound us, horrify us, amaze us, surprise us, confound us, entertainment that will amuse us and relieve us of the dreariness that apparently the news media thinks in terms that most people's lives are all about. We must be just so mired in the mundane that we'd have to look to the news to entertain us. And since amusement is connected with having pleasure, well, then I guess the obvious tool the news uses to entertain us is all the sex stories and more sex stories and more sex stories. They are sex stories of priests and teachers having sex with children and men cheating on their wives on websites like Ashley Madison. Now, the Bible says that the love of money is at the root of all evil, but the church has put sex at the top of the list. And in trying to control sexual behavior, the church has made up all sorts of rules and regulations, most of which are designed to keep the woman on her knees, scrubbing the floor, and obeying her husband at all times. So poor old Mrs. Duggar makes her confession that she's to blame for her husband's actions, and she will know she will stand by her man. Well, everybody now knows everything that has ever happened, and more and more is being revealed. How much more, though, can we take? How much more do we need to know? How much deeper do we need to go into the human psyche before we realize that the more power that we give to what we call evil, the more evil we're going to have, going to have. And the more we advertise and glorify people who murder people, more and more people are going to murder people. And the more we expose and reveal the sexual atrocities of priests and teachers and husbands and wives, we're going to have more and more children being molested and divorces and children raised in child care. But if we could just take the Jewish perspective and realize that evil has no power of its own, it simply cannot exist where there is holiness, perhaps we would, as a society, begin to teach and live more in holiness. But the holiness of the collective is going to have to be reframed in spiritual truths of the divine masculine and the divine feminine because the current spiritual teachings are totally inadequate, to say the least. The concept of original sin and putting the blame on the woman has disempowered the whole human race. And there's little teaching anywhere about the divine masculine and the divine feminine. And anyone today who would try to introduce any ideas about the divine masculine 
And the Divine Feminine today is going to run right up against that brick wall of the woman's struggle to overcame to overcome always being blamed. And those struggles struggles are called human rights or the feminist movement or whatever. You know what? It would be better for women to take the lead in debunking this lie we've been taught concerning original sin than to try to be equal with men out on the playing field. It's always better to go to the source of any problem. Don't treat the symptoms. The symptom is just proof that there is something going on that needs to be considered. A symptom is to get your attention. And then once you have your attention on the right place, it's then best to go to the source of the problem, which is that we have been taught that Eve committed the original sin, talked Adam into doing it, and the world's been in trouble ever since, and it's the woman to blame. So how could we begin to do this? We kind of need a whole new creation story. Who were Adam and Eve? Were they real people? Where did they come from? What was their reason for being? Well, I want to suggest that we could start by working within the framework of the original story in the Bible, and we could develop a very simple preliminary solution by looking at what God said and what Adam and Eve did. God said, you may eat of the fruit of all of the trees except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. So if Adam and Eve had not eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they would have been eternal beings living forever. They would never die. But they did eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, so they died. So the first Adam died, and then the second Adam, Jesus, came and overcame the enemy of death by resurrecting from the dead and taking up his body and appearing to all of his disciples, and then he ascended into the realms beyond the third dimension where he now lives forever again, as was the original idea in the beginning. So the Bible says he was the first Adam And he was the last Adam. And the time in between is the Bible's story of Jesus' evolution from death to eternal life, thereby setting the pattern for all of life to be saved from the wheel of death and life and death and life and death and life to being able to have eternal life. Now, that's about a simple as I can put it. I think that what happened was when Adam found out that Eve had eaten of the tree that God told them not to eat, he thought to himself, oh, boy, he ate, she ate the tree. Oh, man, now she's going to die. And I'm going to be alone again. And I don't want to be alone. I love being with her so I'm just going to eat too. Because if she's going to die, I also want to die. I don't want to still be here and be alone. So he ate too. He ate of his own 
free will. He made the decision himself, alone by himself, to eat. It was not Eve's fault that he ate. He could have chosen to not eat of the tree, but he loved Eve and he wanted to be with her, so he ate too. He stood alone in his own power of choice to do it. And he didn't blame Eve. And Eve didn't think she was to blame for Adam's actions. Each individual person reaped the consequence of their own action independently of one another. And they died. It's just simple, simple. Now, who came along and called this sin? Well, if you know that the definition of sin is coming short of the of the glory of God, well then, yes, they were the glory of God in form, actually made in the image and likeness of God, and when they died, then there was no more glory of God through them. So they fell short of the amount of time that they could have expressed the glory. But they finally got it right. There's no way to be separated from God or one another because energy is energy, and whether we're here or whether we're there, whether we are in form or we are in spirit, we are energy. So Adam came again, and he came again, and he came again. He lived as David the king and knew more about how to have power and rule and reign in righteousness. But he was still lusting. He lusted after Bathsheba, and purposely and with premeditation had her husband killed in battle so he could have her, and then they suffered the death of their baby. And as Jesus, the second Adam, Jesus said, I have suffered and been tried in every aspect of the human life, yet without sin. So there has never been any sin in the eyes of God. There have just been times when we do something that makes it so we're not acting as the glory of God. Because you see, we are the form of the energy. We are in form as a human being. In the beginning, energy didn't have any form. The Bible says there was no form, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And then everything that is, came out of the light, different forms, came into form, mountains and trees and flowers and animals and finally humans, everything is a form of energy and humans are the forms of this energy. So you could say that humans are forms of God, just like a beautiful flower just like the majestic purple mountains and when we that give God such glory and when we do loving things we are giving God glory and when we do unloving things we are not giving God glory well Josh Duggar says he's a hypocrite a hypocrite is a person who says one thing and does another He says he knows he's supposed to be an example of God's glory and stand for love and fidelity and family values and virtue, but he failed. 
You know what? I think he was so overwhelmed by being surrounded by so many people all the time, just getting lost in the crowd without perhaps having enough personal individual expression. And he just developed a fantasy world where he lived in thoughts. And these thoughts were probably pretty sexual, especially when he began to go through puberty. And, you know, some people are more sexual than others. I mean, people born under the sign of Scorpio have definite sexual orientations that are more at the surface than other people. And a man's sexual urges are stronger than a woman's. And for a man, his sexual sexuality is much more physical because you know a man is making semen every day and physically this semen begs to be expressed in some way and today a man is just besieged on all fronts with sexual nudity women bearing their breasts and their butts and all this talk 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 about sex i just feel so sorry for men today I mean, advertising uses sex to sell everything, cars, hamburgers, washing machines. It's hard to be alive today and not constantly hear or see something that is sexually exciting and arousing. Now, perhaps Mrs. Duggar didn't know that Josh had already had sexual problems when she married him, because I think that was something that was kept pretty hush-hush. And when she did find out, I wonder why she wasn't then worried that he might try to do something with their children, because that would have been my very first concern. I would have dealt with it right then and there and told him he had to go get some help. Perhaps this is why she does feel guilty, maybe... Or maybe she did want to do something and the family talked her out of it. Because who knows what goes on behind closed doors, especially when money is involved, like raking it in with a reality TV show. So here kind of is where the love of money truly is at the root of all evil. And maybe that's why she feels guilty. She doesn't work. She's a stay-at-home mother, and now her husband's in rehab, and she's dependent upon the family for money to take care of her and her children. This is probably why she's standing by her man, because that's going to get her the money to take care of herself and the children. It's my hope that this story can help expose the lie of original sin and the woman getting blamed for everything. I hope that's what you got out of this show today. And if this story can begin a dialogue about the divine masculine and the divine feminine in order to establish a new criteria, almost a new creation story, if you will, about how it's really supposed to work between men and women and who does what, then this story can contribute to the evolving in this, of the species of the human being. If Mrs. Duggar had been operating in her position in the divine feminine, I believe this is what she would have said. Mr. Duggar has confessed that he needs to have professional help Mr. Duggar confesses to being sexually perverted, and he has separated himself now 
from me and the children for our protection and safety. For now, I will stand in front of, behind, and beside my children as we pray for Mr. Duggar to be able to be set free to see if he can continue to be the husband and the father that he has promised to be. Thank you. Well, that's my news headline for today (laughs) for all of you news junkies out there. And until next week at this same time, this is Marcianne. And I'm going to play now the beautiful mission bells from San Juan Capistrano Mission that are rung when a person gets married.